sounded pretty good, actually. <laughs> it's such an honor to be here with you guys. Wow, what a church. What a people, right? You know this, but I just want to speak my voice over what's going on in this place. There is a fire burning, right? And we just decree over it that God's adding oil and the fire is going to new levels. Amen. And we speak a blessing over your faith because we can feel such great faith in this house, such great faith. And so Ben is uh, Ben's actually going to preach this morning. I don't know, I think I'm doing the, the, uh, the appetizer, something like that, the appetizer. But I just wanted to say this just from us. Thank you for just welcoming us so beautifully here. And look, honestly, everywhere we go, we're honored when people say they've read our books because you write books in your heart long before pen is put to paper, Right. And when you're writing something sitting in the quiet of a corner in your bedroom at a desk, weeping before the Lord, the journey that he takes you on, right? You sometimes wonder, will anyone read this? (laughs) But I want to speak something over you because I want to say that you are writing books in your hearts right now that people need to read. And so be bold in how you share what God is already written on your heart. Because there are those who are going to come into their breakthrough because you have walked out your breakthrough. Amen. And can I say this? You don't need to be at the end of a breakthrough to release breakthrough over someone else. You can be in the midst of your faith journey, right? And be able to decree what God is doing in your life and see others come into their breakthrough. Amen. And I want to tell you something. I can feel breakthrough in this house this morning. The breaker anointing is breaking out. God of the breakthrough. Amen. And I want to decree over some of you that are in the midst of your battle right now. Who am I speaking to in the midst of a battle? Right. It's probably all of us if we put our hand up, right? But I want to speak something over you that the Lord has placed very dearly on my heart. Because I think that one of the things, sadly, that we're not always good at in the church is honouring our kingdom heroes. And the enemy certainly doesn't want to honour kingdom heroes. What do I mean by that? What I mean is simply this. For those of us who are walking out of battle into the fullness of breakthrough, but you have not broken through into the fullness of breakthrough yet, you are a kingdom hero simply because you are standing and believing that the God of Hebrews 11 said it and he meant it and he will do it. Even if you don't see the fullness of that breakthrough yet, it takes great faith and great courage to stand in the middle of a battle Amen. And stand on the Word of God. And so often the enemy wants to heap shame. He wants to heap uh, just stuff, sludge over those who are literally standing in the middle of a fight right now. And it's just not the Word of the Lord. It's not the Word of the Lord. And I want to tell you something. As we release honour over those who are standing and believing in the midst, we are going to see an increase of breakthrough in the church. Amen. As we honour those who stand and believe in the process of breakthrough. Amen. So if that is you, I want to speak over you today that you are a kingdom hero 
shame over you for not entering into the fullness yet. But believing that God says it and He meant it and He'll do it. If that's you, would you stand? Because we're going to do a practical act this morning. Look at these people, church. We may be looking around and count ourselves in this number right now. But I want to just break off the lie right now. In fact, just put your hands out. I'm going to decree this over you right now. We break off the lie of the enemy that has heaped shame over you for not walking in the fullness yet. I break it off right now and I decree over you honour in the kingdom of God. I decree over you that you are a kingdom hero for believing what Jesus says, for standing on the Word of God. I decree over you that where you have stood and not yet seen that the Father is heaping honour and praise and glory and grace over your journey right now. And we break off every assignment of the enemy and I decree over you, breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. And I speak over you a mantle right now of honour. Receive it right now. Receive it. Every word, every critical word from the enemy or a person that has come at you to say that you have no faith. I break it off right now. Anything that has come at you to say that your faith is uh, just broken somehow because you're in the midst of a battle, I break it off right now. And I decree over you that you have great faith, that you are a champion of faith, that you are a mighty hero of faith. And we attach our faith to your faith right now and decree that you are coming into a season of the breaker anointing like never before. Amen. And we just say right now that you are our King Jesus and you. You are the God of miracles. (laughs) Now listen, let's just decree and join our faith together right now. There's something about thanking God. You can, in fact, everyone stand up for just a little moment. I want to just do something. Let's be those who champion each other. Now, I know you are. I know I'm speaking to those of us who are. But can we be aware of this? Those that champion each other in the battle. We all know what it sounds like to praise Jesus and thank him when the battle's won. But you know what's even more powerful than that? The pre-breakthrough shout. (laughs) The shout when we're standing and thanking Jesus for what we haven't seen yet, but we know we're about to. There's something that's powerful about that because it's faith in action. It's a corporate shout of the walls are coming down. So can we just take a moment and give a pre-breakthrough shout to our King Jesus for the breakthroughs we are about to enter into. Amen. Jesus! that this is a season of harvest, that this is a season of the manifest presence. 
mess. And so, Lord, we thank you right now. We thank you right now for all that we have seen, but we thank you right now for all that we're yet to see. And God, we let expectation and faith arise in our hearts. A thankful heart, Father, for the season that we're entering into even now. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Wow. Jesus, come on. Jesus. You can take a seat. Who knows that you're about to, or you've got a book written inside you that needs to be actually written in a pen. Just raise your hand. Right, there's quite a few of you. I just speak over you right now, the scribe anointing, (laughs) and that there would be an ease. I break off all witchcraft, confusion, and just every assignment of the enemy that's trying to prevent you writing those words. And I decree over you an anointing to write in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, I just want to share one quick story because you're going to be encouraged by this. At the start of this year, uh, we were going through a, a bit of a, well, not a bit of a bump, a big bump in our journey. And now I know many of you can relate to this, right? And anyone who's read our books know that many of our chapters start with, we were going through a very hard season. <laughs> and yet God shows up, right? At the start of this year, it was a very hard season. It was another one of those moments where for me personally, I had to lean in again. To all the things that I know that God had spoken into my life and lean in again and decree again. Anyone there right now? And it was literally one of those times where again I found myself battling some of the things that I have battled before and yet this time I was like, no, not again. And we're in a season where God is raising up such a fierce faith in his people to stand because the enemy, as I was sharing last night, has been throwing everything he has at the body of Christ to prevent us from continuing in the faith. And so I heap honour over you because you haven't quit. The Lord is moving in a remnant army in this season who have not quit. And I was standing in worship at the start of this year, and I'm just going to share a vision and release it over you. Now, to preempt the vision so you know that it's biblical, there are books in heaven, and it talks about it in Malachi 3, where uh, the books are recording those who fear the Lord. It talks about it in Psalm 139, 16, where it talks about all our days that are ordained are written in a book in heaven. And all throughout the Bible, it talks about scrolls and books. And I was standing in worship, decreeing over my life the breaker anointing decreeing over the places where the enemy was trying to rob me, that I'm calling back the sevenfold divine restitution. Amen. And I speak that over your lives right now, that where the thief has been found out, he must repay sevenfold, which means a completion of redemption. Amen. Seven means completion. And so I decree over you that what the enemy stole, God is pouring back in abundance. Amen. Jesus. And as I stood in worship, I immediately was taken into a very clear vision of seeing what looked like libraries in heaven and seeing Jesus stand in front of the libraries. And I saw him standing in front of all these books like he was looking for one in particular. 
And I saw him reach out and grab one book. Now, remember, this is a supernatural vision, so you can know things supernaturally. As he reached out and grabbed one book in particular, I looked at the binding to see what was that book called. And I saw written on the spine that it said, The promises my people thought I forgot. And I saw Jesus start to open this book. And I wanted to know what was written on the inside of that book, right? And I looked on the first page and I simply saw written across it, for he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. I knew that it came from Hebrews 10.23, which simply says this in fullness. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And in the vision, I saw a wind start to blow. And I understood that it was the winds of change, the winds of acceleration. And I saw the pages start to flip on this book called The Promises My people thought I forgot. And as I looked, every single page that turned with increasing acceleration said the very same thing. For he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. For he who promised is faithful. And then I saw, I watched Jesus reach out and grab another book off the shelf. And I knew that it was representative as Jesus grabs books off the shelf. I knew it was representative of God saying this is a season of emphasis on this word right now. It's a season of God reminding His people that He who promised is faithful. Amen. And there is an impartation of that revelation in the church in this season. There's also an acknowledgement of heaven that many of us have walked a hard season and the enemy's been wanting us to think we're forgotten for he who promised is faithful. And I saw Jesus grab another book and I looked again up the spine and this book was called The Promises That Have Been Highly Contested. And again, I watched Jesus because I was like, what is inside this book? And I saw him open the page. And again, written on the first page, for he who promised is faithful. The same winds began to blow. And I knew it was the Lord speaking. There is acceleration upon the promises being made manifest in this season. There is acceleration upon kingdom purposes in this season. There is acceleration upon what God is pouring out in this season. We've all seen acceleration in the dark side of it. Change after change that hasn't been kingdom. There is change after change that will be kingdom. Increasingly accelerating upon the earth. Amen. In this season, because he who promised is faithful and the Lord is writing over our hearts what is written in the books of heaven right now, what is written in the word of God right now. The Lord is writing over our hearts as a people, despite what we have walked through, despite what we are standing in the middle of right now, that he who promised is faithful, that he who 
active, living and active for you who promised is faithful. I release the faithfulness, your faithfulness, God, into each one of us right now. God, I release your faithfulness into every cell in our bodies. That your word is living and active. We release your word right now that you are the God of miracles. That you're the God of breakthrough. (laughs) That you're the God of joy. That you're the God of revival. That you're the God of my arm is not too uh, too short. That you're the God of uh, you are mighty. (laughs) That you are victorious. That you're the God of the prevailing church, Father. That you're the God of the warrior bride that you are raising up in this hour. God, I release your faithfulness into our bodies, into our circumstances, into our families, Father. Into the promises that are, are in process of being fully manifest, I decree over our hearts, God, that you are faithful. And we stand together right now. We stand together right now as a mighty army. And we thank you, Lord, that you're moving in our midst. I thank you, God, for miracles breaking out even right now. God, I thank you for healing turnarounds right now. I thank you for cells and immune systems coming into alignment with the promises and your word right now. I thank you right now that pressure is leaving off heads. I thank you that there are backs where pain is leaving right now. I thank you, Father God, that there is a breaker anointing coming upon some. You're going to feel the fire of the Lord start to fall upon you. You're literally going to feel a burning. I thank you, God, that your burning is coming upon your people. God, that some of you are going to feel your feet start to feel like uh, just agitated and it's a good agitation. It's the Lord putting fire over your feet and saying that he's with you wherever you go. Ha, Father, I just thank you for every assignment of the enemy being broken over people's bodies and families right now. Father, I thank you for harvest angels being sent out to family members and children that need to have an encounter with the Lord. We decree it right now. We release it right now. I ask you right now for heart shifting in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, in our families. We thank you that this is a season of harvest and they will walk in the promises of God over their life. Father, I thank you right now that you who promised is faithful. We break off delay in the mighty name of Jesus. We break off delay. Let that fresh wind blow. Refreshing. Yeah, heaviness get off in the mighty name of Jesus. Those who felt an unusual spiritual slumber. I don't mean tired because you stayed up all night. I mean the last season has felt heavy. I just break off that spiritual slumber. And instead, I decree awakening and alertness and clarity in the mighty name of Jesus. Those who have been attacked in the night hours by torment, I break it off right now. And I decree over you dreams from heaven that you will hear what the Lord is saying with greater clarity. Fire over your eyes. Fire over your eyes. As you're receiving things, just raise up a hand and just pull it down as a prophetic act. It's that the hand doesn't have power. It's a connection to what God is doing. 
and we say, I receive that. That's for me right now. I thank you, God, that there is fire coming upon eyes right now, that we will see with great clarity what you are saying to us in this uh, season. And I thank you for breakthrough over long-term medical conditions, Father, where the enemy has tried to entrap you in unending fatigue and sickness. I break its hold right now and I decree the breakthrough of the Lord. Spiritual strengthening, Father, spiritual strengthening in this season. For those that have felt really uh, just under what the enemy's been throwing at you, been struggling with lies coming at you in this past season that you're not going to make it or you're not going to get through this. We look at that lie right now. We cancel it out in the spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that you will not just make it. You're coming into your finest hour in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, I just release revival fire in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak over every person here that there would be a contagious, burning, surging, blazing, ferocious fire within us, Father, that it would be contagious, that sparks would come off us, Lord, that wherever you send us in the marketplace or our families or our streets, Father, or church communities, our area of influence, Father, Lord, we decree that the fire would burn and that sparks would come off us and people around us would literally catch a blaze because we walked in. And so, Father, I just thank you for that fire burning today. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody say amen. (laughs) Amen. Wow. Well, we bless you this morning. Ben's going to come and release a word to you, but we bless you that this is our best season. I know Ben will say it, and I am done, but I've got to tell you this. I do have to tell you this. We're at the beginning of the greatest revival America's ever seen. We could go on literally all week about the things that we've been seeing that we haven't seen in past seasons. I want to stir your hope, friends. I want to stir your faith. This is a great season for the body of Christ. The enemy wants you to think it's our worst hour. It's not. Are you ready for what we're about to see that's going to blow your minds? Are you ready for the multiple salvations that are about to come in in California? (laughs) You're going to see the the souls to pause. (laughs) You're going to see your family enter in to the kingdom of God. And we're going to see another move of awakening in America that will shift the nations of the earth. Amen. Hold on to this decree it. If you haven't seen it with your own eyes yet, you will. You will. Because we've been seeing it with our own eyes for the last couple of years, especially this last year. Amen. And so we bless what God is doing in America. We bless what God's doing in California. And I bless what God's doing in your life and your home and your call. Amen. That you would rise into fresh hope and fresh excitement that this is a great season of the Lord. Amen. Bless you. Wow. Well, I told you she preached, blow your hair back preaching. And that's what happened to me. That's what happened to me. So I had a full head of hair when we met. and um, But she took care of that. Well, good morning, everybody. That was powerful, huh? 
God's moving in this place, and we've had an amazing couple of nights together, but it's never enough, right? It's never enough, and and this is why we have revival, you know, and revival breaks out, and, and we begin to just meet every day, and, and uh, you know, many of you know that we had a move of God in Australia called the Pineapple Revival, and uh, we met every single night for months and months and months, and, uh, and then we had a bit of a transition, and we still went three to five nights a week on average for about another year, but there's something about that being together in the presence every single day. You know, the presence of God revives, right? That's the point. Jesus is the spirit of revival. And when we come into his presence, we're literally revived. We're not only revived spiritually, we're revived physically. You know, and sometimes it would be, uh, and people often ask, you know, did you get tired? Yes. (laughs) Yes, we did. But, you know, and sometimes in the afternoon, it would be like, okay, we'd drag ourselves. If we could just get into the building, we knew that we were going to be revived and come alive. And and you'd be there for about 10 minutes, and all of a sudden, you're like, okay, we're ready to go again. His presence revives us, amen. And so we'd be be really tired at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, but then at 2 a.m., that night, we'd be like, wow. We'd be pinging, you know what I mean? Like, whoo, let's do this again, you know. And so I just released some of that over you right now as well. Wow. Well, God is so good. And like Jody said, He is moving in America. God is moving in this nation. We get to travel the width and breadth nonstop. We've been in 39 states in the last four years. And the only places we haven't been is, is Alaska and uh, Rhode Island, right, which is this tiny little tiny little dot over there in New England. And when we realized that, we thought, oh, man, we, should have, we were an hour's drive. We should have just done the drive and, so we could tick it off. And then, then the only other place we haven't been is like a, a, a from in between uh, uh, North and South Dakota across to um, Washington. So just all those states up the top there. All that to say... We've covered the entire nation, and I want to tell you, God is moving everywhere we go. There are hungry people. You know, everywhere where there's people who are just hungry and say, God, we want you. We need you. We love you. We're desperate for you. Every single time, without fail, God shows up. People are getting healed. People are getting saved. People are getting delivered. His power is moving in America And so we love to be able to tell people that because like Jody said, if you just listen to the news or social media or something like that, you think, well, this is a really dark time and, and, you know, and the, the church is in trouble. No, this is our greatest hour. This is our finest hour. Ha. And I want to tell you this. We, come, if we're going to clap and cheer, let's clap and cheer. Come on. Let's not, we're not playing golf this morning. We're not playing golf. I want to say this though, we ain't seen nothing yet. We ain't seen nothing yet. His glory is getting ready to come in such a way. I know that there is, I've seen this in my heart and I've been sharing this everywhere for, for years now. I know that there are meetings that are coming all across, but I know that I'm going to be in a meeting very soon where His glory is going to come so strong, everyone in the room is going to be on our face screaming crying out to God because of the power, the intensity of the power in the room. Some of you might know the, the stories even of Jonathan Edwards and uh, when, he, when he preached that famous sermon, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. 
And it's not something that kind of fits with many of our current theological frameworks. But, you know, when God actually shows up, and I shared this weekend how we, uh, Jody and I were woken in the middle of the night with an angel standing on our bed. Now, this was a 10-foot tall, very serious, stern-looking angel. This was not some fluffy angel encounter. And I was not someone who sees angels. Jody is a, is a seer, and she's had many different encounters. But I was not that kind of person who was at the gas station, and, and there was an angel standing next to me also filling up gas. That's not me, right? But I woke up with an angel standing on the end of our bed, and you know what I did? I screamed like a little girl. Because of the intensity, the power that was in the room. And I was, I was afraid to breathe wrong. If that were even possible. I felt like somehow if I just breathe wrong, I'm going to explode. I didn't want to move a pinky because I thought if I have a pinky out of place, I'm just going to, I'm going to combust. Right? Such was the intensity of the presence of God and the fear of the Lord. And I was acutely aware in that moment that holiness and righteousness matter. You know, there is a truth that we have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? Jesus became sin. He, and it's, it's one of those things that's a mystery because our language doesn't really explain it. How can Jesus become sin? Well, he became sin on the cross that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So we have become righteous, right? And the Bible says that the, the righteous are as bold as a lion. So that is our positional truth. We are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus, but it also matters how we live. The Bible says, do not give the devil a foothold, right? How do we give the devil a foothold? We do that through sin. What is a foothold? Well, for those of you who are extremely athletic like myself, um, (laughs) Pastor, you laughed. Uh, So offended. Um, those of you who have ever seen a rock climbing wall at the gym or, you know, like where there's a cafe, you sit, you have a cappuccino and a muffin and you watch those people climbing the wall. <laughs> they have those little footholds, right? Those little things that you can stick your feet on and you hang your finger, you know. Well, that's literally a foothold and, and a sin gives the devil a foothold on our lives. Like a rock climbing wall, right? We put this little thing here and a demon can basically come and step up on that and sit on us and begin to lie, begin to vomit, begin to just oppress us, squeeze. And before we know, we've got all these things, all these issues going on in our life. And we're thinking, oh man, I need prayer again. I need prayer again. Well, you know what? When we repent, because this is the beauty of the cross. This is the beauty of of what God has done for us, of what Jesus has done for us, right? That He's died on the cross, He's paid. And in 1 John 1, 9, it says that if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when we come to Jesus and we're like, Jesus, I'm sorry. And sometimes we get so caught up in semantics and we try to twist things and, well, repentance is this, etc., etc., And yes, repentance is about turning away and and not doing that sin anymore. That's absolutely a part of it. But 
it's also as simple as coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I confess that I messed up. And you know, when we do that, the foothold literally falls off. and The demon can't hang on anymore. And then that's when we come, we cast demons out from each other, but come out, come off in the name of Jesus. Sometimes people say, well, can Christians have demons? Yes. (laughs) You know why? Because they do. It's like when people say, well, does God heal today? You know, the only problem with people who believe that God can't heal today is that He does. God heals, God does miracles, and Christians can have demons, and we need deliverance. If Christians couldn't have demons, and I don't even know why I'm talking about this, maybe some of you all need some deliverance, and that's okay. If Christians couldn't have demons, and we don't need to get all, well, you can be oppressed but not possessed. None of that matters. The point is is that we need deliverance. If Christians couldn't have demons, there'd be no need to cast demons out. Because otherwise, all we would need is salvation. Because we're basically saying that at salvation, all demons come out. Aren't we? If we're saying Christians can't have demons, then the moment of salvation must mean instant total deliverance. And so why would we cast a demon out of anybody if getting them saved gets them delivered? Because you don't want to cast devils out of unsaved people because the Bible tells us that if they're not then filled with the Holy Spirit, right, that then seven worse will come back. You following me here this morning? I had zero plans of talking about this. But we live in a day, right, where we all need to be equipped to do the stuff because we need all hands on deck. All hands on deck. You know, we've seen more deliverance happen in the last two years than in 20 years. When I first got saved, it was actually 30 years ago, we saw, we saw demons coming out all over the place in the 90s, right? It was happening everywhere. And it has not been since those days. We've always seen it happen through our ministry. But just in recent years, in the last two years, we've seen more come out than in 20 years. Spontaneously. People beginning to be delivered on the altar. People being delivered in meetings. I'm not talking about lining people up for deliverance sessions. I just mean the presence and power of God is moving in our meetings that people begin to get delivered. Because when the glory shows up, the devil can't hang around. Now I'm going to preach a two-hour message in about the next 10 minutes. I want to give you my testimony this morning, because who knows our testimony is powerful, amen? They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. No one can take your testimony away from you, what God has done in your life. And whether that's that you've grown up in church and you've known Jesus your whole life, or maybe you are 40 years old, successful, wealthy, and you just knew there was something missing, and you cried out to God and you met Him. Well, listen, I grew up in New Zealand. Who knows where New Zealand is? (laughs) I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I didn't grow up knowing Jesus. I had a praying grandmother. Thank God for praying grandmothers, right? And, uh, and she would sometimes, uh, say prayers with us when she would be at our, our house and, and, uh, she, she'd pray that prayer with me. I don't know if you know this. Gentle Jesus, meek and mild, look upon this little child. Keep him safe till morning light. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And she'd pray this prayer with me. 
But I had, a, I had a great family life, but my school life was terrible. I had a really, really terrible time at school. I was bullied severely every day. And I don't just mean called names. I was violently assaulted, beat up over and over and over again. I would arrive at school in the morning and kids would come up and punch me in the face and punch me in the stomach. There'd be days where I would be, I also played rugby. Who's familiar with rugby? You know what rugby is? It's the kind of football that we play in heaven. And um, you'll all play it one day. And uh, unless you end up in hell, that's where they play soccer. And... Um, and uh, Well, they say rugby is where you spend 80 minutes pretending you're not hurt, and soccer is where you spend 80 minutes pretending you are hurt, right? <laughs> so I was really good at rugby, and, but there'd be times where I would literally have 15, 20 guys, boys, chasing me around the school just to catch me and, and beat me. And I'd be running for my life. The school playground, it would be like something off the Discovery Channel, right? And I was just running for my life like that gazelle, right? And I'd have all the, and eventually I'd trip over or something like that, and they would just pile on and punch and kick and stuff grass down my, cut grass down my clothes and everything else. And the worst of it happened when I was 11 years old. I was in my classroom one day, and the teacher left the classroom. And the captain of my rugby team, who I'd known since I was very small, me and him, the, 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 these other tough, big boys in the class. Now, I know what you're thinking. How does a guy that's built like the rock get bullied? Thank you for withholding your laughter, most of you. Of course, I wasn't always six foot two and generously physiqued, right? But these kids in the class, these big guys, boys, they were like men, started pushing me and this captain of my team into each other to try and make us have a fight. And of course, I was thinking, there's no way I'm going to have a fight with this kid, right? This is the captain of my rugby team, and, and his father was the coach. That's usually how it works, right? And I'm thinking, there's no way that, that I'm going to have a fight, and they're pushing us, and it's one of those really kind of volatile situations. And then all of a sudden, they held me down they held me over like this and this other kid he just snapped and uppercut me in the face as hard as he could 11 times don't ask how I know I just somehow knew he'd done it 11 times I think I was so shocked that it was happening that I was counting and instantly my face was completely distorted I could barely see out of my eyes my cheekbones fractured right my lips were all split but you know what was worse than the physical pain was the emotional trauma that the one person in the room who was supposed to be standing up for me was the very one who was doing this. And so this rejection came into my heart at a whole other level. right? And I remember in those, those days, I remember a time where I would be looking in the mirror and I'd hear this voice coming back at me, you are so ugly. Obviously, that was a lie. (laughs) 
And so I did everything I could to try and fit in and just be accepted and, and just have friends and do all of that. And I started drinking heavily, just going to parties and just doing everything I could. And even at 14 years old, I would, I would be pass out blind drunk and, you know, and just trying to do everything I could just to be accepted. And, and I just felt so hopeless. And I felt like, you know, I'd be walking around a school with a thousand kids in it and thinking, oh, there's not a single person I can talk to in this whole school and one day in my English class by the way we speak English in New Zealand (laughs) one day in class this kid his name is Matthew he got up from his desk and he walked across the classroom and he came and he invited me to go to a Christian camp and you know what I said Yes. All he did was walk across the classroom and invited me to come to this camp with him. And so this camp happened in December 1991 on a remote part of New Zealand. New Zealand is already a very remote country. This happened, we had a bus drive on a dirt road for a long way to this private farm in the far north of New Zealand in a place called the Bay of Islands. And it was on this big sheep farm, right? And uh, there would be surfing during the day because there was these beaches that were part of this farm. And then at night, they turned this sheep shed, you got to be careful how you say that, sheep shed, right, into into this meeting place. And there was 1,500 young people from 15 to 25, and we're all sitting on these hay bales, right? Big semicircles of hay bales, and you can still smell the sheep. The rest of the year, they would share sheep in there, right? But for one week, they turned it into this meeting hall. And I heard the gospel preached really for the first time. And I felt like the preacher was talking just to me. And he's like, Ben, Jesus is alive. He loves you. He died on the cross for you. And he's got a plan for your life to give you a hope and to give you a future. But you need to choose him. You need to say yes to him. He's chosen you, but he's not going to force it on you. You need to receive it. You need to receive what he did for you. And they said, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to raise your hand right now. And so I raised my hand. I said, yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. And then he said, I want you to come forward, come up out of your seat. And so I remember coming to the front of this barn, standing right here this way. I can remember the smell of the dirt and the hay. And standing there 30 years ago, I gave my life to Jesus. And in that moment, I could feel the tangible love of God fill my whole body. I physically felt the love of God come upon me. And while I'm standing there, I heard what I now know is the still small voice of the Lord. And he said this to me. He said, Ben, the King of Kings, the God of gods, the creator of the universe loves you died for you, has chosen you to give you a hope and a future. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you. Wow. Well, I went back to my tent that night 
And I want to tell you something. I woke up the next day a completely different person. I woke up a brand new person. And I came out of the tent that morning. And I, I honestly felt like I could fly. I felt like Peter Pan without the tights. I came out, I felt clean. I felt bright. I felt like I'd grown a foot taller overnight. And no word of a lie, literally, I use that word correctly. It was like everything had been cleaned with me. It was like scales had actually been taken off my eyes and I could see clearly for the first time. The, shit, the, the trees were like, were bright and sp- the rocks were sparkling. This was honestly my experience. Did anybody else experience that, right? You know when you peel the plastic off your mobile phone? Isn't that a good feeling? That's what it was like. Someone had taken these. And I was like, wow. And then this announcement came over the loudspeaker, right? It says, uh, good morning, campus. Uh, we're going to have a special meeting this morning, 10 a.m. in the sheep shed for anybody who wants to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was like, whoa. I don't know what that is. But I want it. So at 10 o'clock, I raced up to the, the sheep shed, the wool shed, right? And the preacher's preaching out of Acts 1.8. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to be able to preach the gospel with signs, wonders, miracles happening here, there, and everywhere. I want to tell you, New Zealand, if you Google it, is the furthest place on earth from Jerusalem. It is literally the ends of the earth. I started at the ends of the earth and I'm working my way back and so far I've made it to San Diego. That's a long way. Well, I went forward and I said, yeah, I want to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then I got prayed for, right? Someone prayed and I began to speak in tongues. And now listen, sometimes when we pray for people to speak in tongues, it comes out like a machine gun. It just shoots out like this, right? That's not what happened to me. It was just like two or three syllables. But it started, right? And I had this encounter. Where I felt the power of God come on me. And I felt like I was levitating in the air. It was like flame on. Right? And then the preacher, he starts moving in words of knowledge and things like this. And he's like... Lady, fifth row in the back over there. This is your name. This is your address. This is what God was saying. Is saying. I'm like, whoa. Now, listen, I've never been in church, right? Totally unchurched. And then he starts breaking curses off of people. So I go, break the curse of this and just en masse over everybody. I break the curse of that. I break it. And like all of a sudden, no word of a lie, about a thousand young people in that wool shed start manifesting demons and getting delivered. People are on the ground, shaking, screaming, climbing poles, vomiting, right? Six people are trying to hold somebody down. And it was like all on like Donkey Kong, right? And I'm 15. I've never been to church. And I'm looking around. I'm going, whoa, this is real. Jesus is alive and he's powerful. 
And so that was my expectation of Christianity. I got on the bus and I went back to school. And that year in our school, we had revival break out in our public high school. About 200 kids came to Jesus. Demons are coming out of kids in the middle of the playground. Miracles are breaking out. Telling everybody about Jesus, right? I remember only four months later, I was going to Bible college two nights a week, 16 years old. I was still 15, actually. I drive myself there, back when you could have your license at 15. And I remember the first time I was invited to come up to the pulpit and pray for the youth. And I went up, and there was this guy who was about 18. I was 15. I just put my hand on his chest. I walked up, and I just said, thank you, Father. And he dropped to the ground. His hands went by his side on his stomach, and he wriggled like a snake and took out six rows of chairs. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. See, Christianity is all about the fact that Jesus is alive. He loves you and he's powerful. He has power to save and power to heal. Amen. There's so much more I could tell you, but we're out of time. I want every person in this room right now to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes right now. Now, listen, since that day, I've had the great honor, Jody and I together, of traveling the world And seeing thousands and thousands of people come to Jesus. Thousands of people receive those same kind of miracles. We've seen everything from cancer healed, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, bones, broken bones, instantly healed. But I want to tell you this. The Bible clearly says in Acts 2.21, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that word saved, it means to be saved, it means to be healed, it means to be delivered. So if you're in this place today and you've never given your life to Jesus, that's where it starts right there. I'm going to invite you just like I was invited 30 years ago. Just this December, it was 30 years ago. I'm going to invite you to raise your hand when I count to three, on three. Now listen, if you have given your life to Jesus at some point, but you've walked away from Him, You're not living for Him. Now, I don't just mean you're a Christian, you've had a bad couple of weeks. If that's you, you just need to say, Jesus, I'm sorry, and get on with living for Him. Stop doing what you were doing. But I mean, you're on the slab, you're you're cold on the slab, your relationship with Him, and you know you need to come back to Him today. You honestly don't know if you died today that you would go to heaven or you would go to hell. Heaven and hell are both very, very real. So if you want to give your life to Jesus and say yes to him today, I'm going to count to three. Here we go. One, this decision transformed my entire life and eternity 30 years ago. Two, you're going to say, Jesus, I give you my life. Please forgive me for my sin. Be my Lord and Savior. Here we go. One, two, three. If that's you, just raise your hand nice and high right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Your heart is beating out of your chest right now. Listen, don't leave this place today 
missing this opportunity to say yes to him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to give you one more moment. If that's you, just raise your hand right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for your saving power. We thank you that you are mighty to save. Wow. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let me share one more really quick story with you, and then I'm going to hand over to Pastor Cindy. In December, January 2020, we were on vacation in Florida, and I love a hot tub. And so I was in this hotel hot tub, right? It was a sunset in Florida. And it was just me, and it was like, it was bliss, right? I'm like, how's the serenity? I'm just sitting back and enjoying it. And then this older gentleman comes and gets into the hot tub and just completely destroys the serenity. <laughs> and, of course, I'm a nice person. <laughs> and he says hello. And I, and I said hello, and he heard my accent, and he asked what I was doing there in, 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 in America. Right? And that's always an amazing question. I was able to say this. I was able to say, you know what? When I was 15 years old, I met Jesus. I had so much rejection and bullying in my life, but I met Jesus and I encountered his tangible love. And now I get to travel all around the world and tell everybody about Jesus. And he had an accent too. He was German. And I said, tell me about your life. Why are you here? And his name was Walter. And he said this. He says, I was born in Germany in 1938, the year before World War II broke out. He said, when my mother was pregnant with me, five months pregnant, Hitler himself came to town. And there was a parade. And she was out on the edge of the street. And Hitler himself walked up, patted her on the belly, patting him. And saying, we need soldiers like this boy. But God had another plan. In the war, 18 of his 20 cousins were killed. Plus his own 18-year-old brother were killed in the war. But his, and his mother managed to escape. And he's telling me how he's gone all through his life and how he should have died many, many times. But he escaped. He became a car race driver car drive, you know, racing car driver. And he should have died many times. And then he became a chef and he ended up in America. And he says in Burnham, I think it was 83 years old. He says, I'm terrified of dying because I'm terrified of going to hell. And I said to him, I said, Walter, I can pray with you right now and you can give your life to Jesus and you can be saved right here. 
would you like to do that? And of course, I'd shared then my full testimony with him. Now we've been in the hot tub for like half an hour together talking. And I said, Walter, do you want to do this right now? And he said, yes, I do. So now, two wrinkly white men sitting in a hot tub in the hotel, holding hands and crying. I had the great honor and privilege of leading Walter to Jesus. And he looks up to me at at the end of that and he says, Ben, is it really that easy? I said, yes, Walter. I said, you are now saved. And you know why? Because Jesus didn't pay 95%. He didn't pay 99%. Jesus paid 100% for you. He gave everything. And then the free gift of God is eternal life. All you need to do is receive it. Wow. And we both cried a little more. The next day, he asked me to come and see his wife. Right? And I knocked on the door of his apartment. And his wife opened the door and she says, oh, you must be Ben. She says, do you know what the first thing Walter said to me this morning was? He said, I feel like I can fly. And two hours later, I had the great privilege of holding his wife's hand in their living room and leading her to Jesus as well. Come on, Jesus. Listen, I'm, only, I'm telling you this because of this. I was in a hot tub on vacation, right? There was no microphone. There was no TV camera. It wasn't a conference. It wasn't a crusade. It wasn't, I wasn't on outreach. I was just in the hot tub. And yet God wove our lives together from New Zealand via Australia into America, from Germany all through Europe and then America. And suddenly our lives collided in a hot tub in Florida. And now one day, I honestly don't know if he is still alive, but one day I'm going to be walking in heaven on those streets in heaven. And I'm going to bump into Walter and he's going to say, Ben, Do you remember that day in the hot tub? I say, yes, Walter, I do. You look younger. And he's going to say, you look skinnier. And he's going to say, I'm here because of that day in the hot tub. And that will be the ultimate reward. Amen. Come on, let's just give Jesus a praise. Come on. Oh my goodness, come on, how good is that? Woo! Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. God is good. Amen? Woo! God is good. Jesus! Woo! Come on! Wow. Well, if you be seated for a moment, we want to bless this ministry. We want to bless this ministry. So this is a time we're going to receive an offering for them. They are going to minister to people afterwards. 
that we're going to officially close the service so you can go get your kids from Children's Church. You can bring them back in here. That's fine. Uh, but they will be praying for people and ministering to them afterwards. But right now, we want to bless this ministry. And we believe, we understand the kingdom of God, and we get to sow into this ministry so they can keep doing what they're doing, so that they can keep reaching people with the gospel. They can keep getting people saved, healed, delivered, set free. That's what we want to be in support of. So if you're, we're going to put the three ways to give up. Please on the screen, guys. Um, we'll put that up. Well, the way you're going to give is you're going to give to the promise. We will write a combined check for them at the end of the service. So if you're giving cash or card, use an envelope. Make sure you write somewhere on this envelope, guest speaker, nice and big. If you're texting, please text guest and then the amount. Um, if you're writing a check, write it out to the promise church, and we will... Um, uh, write a check, as I said, at the end for them today. All this will be going to their ministry. And uh, I encourage you to get their books. As I've said, uh, hands down, the best book I ever read, uh, King's Decree, Jody's book. Uh, Ben's book is so encouraging. It's literally chapter off. <laughs> it's, it's different. It's amazing. It's all the testimonies and stories. You'd be just like what he was sharing today. So encouraging. But you know what? That King's Decree book, you need to buy it and give it to somebody. Don't hoard all the good stuff for yourself, okay? You know somebody in your life who's gone through something, who's struggling with something, and who needs this. Trust me, it's such an encouraging book, and it doesn't matter where you are. You No, she's going, no, she's giving me that we don't have any more is what you're telling me. Oops, my bad. Sorry. Just push. It's on Amazon. <laughs> get Ben's book, okay? But uh, get them. But they also have CDs back there. At, uh, and go look at what they've got on the table. But get it on Amazon. Give it to somebody. It's amazing. All right, let's uh, pray over the offering and we'll receive it. Father God, I thank you for this amazing couple that you've raised up, Lord, that you've anointed and appointed for such a time as this. Lord, I pray for increase in their ministry. I pray for financial increase and abundance like they've never experienced before. The money will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west to keep financing this ministry, Father, so that they can keep Keep going and walk in your favor, God. Lord, I pray for increase in, their, in the gifting that's upon them, Lord, that they would walk in signs and wonders and miracles like they've never seen before. Open their eyes and increase their faith, Lord, to step out beyond what their imagination could be, Lord, because you want to do that in and through them. Father, so I thank you for just increase of the anointing and increase of your faith in them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, go ahead and receive the offering for me. And then, as I said, we're going to uh, bring Ben and Jody back up here, and we're going to allow them time, if you would like them, to pray over you. They've seen signs and wonders and miracles uh, in their uh, meetings, and last night was phenomenal time when they were praying. Uh, but we are, we're going to have them come up. So as soon as we've received the offering, we'll dismiss the service. If you do have children, we ask that you go grab them from Children's Church because they've been in there a while. They might be hanging from the ceiling by this point. But... Uh, no, we're just kidding, kidding. Uh, but uh, we'll uh, go grab them and then feel free to, to bring them back in the service. That's fine as well, okay? But again, can we just give a round of applause saying thank you so much to Ben and Jody for coming out. We appreciate you. We love you so much, all right? All right.
And then um, if, you, if you would like prayer, we're going to ask you to come up and just kind of line up against the, the, the stage with your feet to the front. We'll go ahead and uh, uh, dismiss everybody. Thanks for coming out, guys. Hope you had a phenomenal uh, Sunday. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to dismiss everybody. If you'd like prayer, just line up in one line here again so we can have space for catchers behind. And uh, we thank you so much, okay? Have a great time.